Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Estate Roundup with Dan O'Neill, powered by our friends at RCG Mortgage. Mortgage rates are at a ridiculous low. If you're interested in finding out what you can afford, advice for repairing credit, or interested in purchasing, give RCG a call at 631-433-3505. As many of you know, my name is Dan O'Neill. I'm a real estate professional on Long Island, New York. I've been blessed to have had some success early on in my career and thought it was time to share some of my strategies uh, and some knowledge that has gotten me to this point. I will also be bringing on the industry leaders to share their knowledge, strategies, tips, and techniques to what makes them successful as well. Thank you for listening last week when I had on Andrew Russell, a powerhouse in the mortgage business. We talked about his daily schedules, his weekly schedules, how he has gotten to where he is today, the need for a youth infusion in the mortgage business, and so much more. This week, we will be shifting gears over to the investing side of things with one of Long Island's most prolific house flippers and investors, husband, father of three, owner of Suffolk County house buyers, Jeremiah Dalton. What's up, my friend? How are you, brother? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, So it's been a pretty good week for both of us. I was able to put two of my listings on a contract, both for full ask. Um, Both were only on the market for a week. Got two appraisals back for buyers of mine. One, the contract price was 380, and the appraisal came back at 420, so that's a home run. And the other one was a contract price of 585 with an appraised value of 620. So anytime you can buy a house and get an instant positive equity like that is, is an absolute home run. We also put our Comac listing on the market, you and I and Zach, and two contracts for you and a verbal. Yes. That's awesome. So it's been a good month and a good start to the month, especially with July 4th week. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult to start off July that good. So I've had the pleasure of working with you recently. Um, we did a deal together back in, I think, uh, March or April, um, and I've been really impressed by your business model, how unique that business model is, and, and not only your ability to find deals, but to find good deals. With how saturated the market is right now, everyone thinks that they're an investor, and it's not that easy. <laughs> so obviously there are a ton of investors, and you really stand out. And I don't think we get to really see the side of you that everyone sees the Suffolk County house buyers. No one really sees the side of you. It turns out you're also a low-key comedian. So I am. I am. <laughs> I want people to get to know a little bit about you. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about how you got started in the business, where you grew up. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So um, was never from Long Island, never wanted to live in Long Island. I grew up in Staten Island and uh, didn't want to live there either. Uh, but uh, from an early age, I was you know, a good student. My parents recognized that and uh, <laughs> kind of always you know, put the pressure on me to you know, go through school, get an education, become a doctor, a lawyer. So I, I picked the latter and became a lawyer. Um, and it was never really something I wanted to do, but I was always operating under the guise of, well, I, I need to, I don't want to disappoint anybody. Well, uh, where did you go to law school? New York Law School. And that's actually where I met my wife, who's also an attorney, and as you know, handled all my closings. We will talk uh, about that. Yeah, so, um, you know, I went to school, I became an attorney, I graduated in 2010, um, the job market was destroyed, I actually didn't even work as an attorney in the beginning, <laughs> uh, I was doing anything I could to just make money, because that mm-hmm. was really the goal, um, my wife and I settled down in Centerport, um, wound up getting a job with the union um, that my both my father and I are a part of, um, and that's what I was doing a lot of work in um, after I graduated law school, ironically enough, because... Uh, you know, that was where the money was, and mm-hmm. I started working for them, um, but unfortunately, there was um, just a lot of political stuff going on behind the scenes that I think I wasn't really prepared for, um, and nor was I really in that inner circle to be a part of it, yeah. and I realized my co- direction, my career trajectory had pretty much flatlined. Um, I was there, I was at a job that um, I really 
couldn't stand any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that was given wasn't really particularly challenging. I wanted to do more. I always wanted a challenge, and just it wasn't happening. Yeah. And uh, I had been involved, dabbled in real estate. I actually bought my first uh, investment property in my early 20s when I was in law school with my wife. Was it like a rental? Or it, was, was it was a condo. It was a condo that we lived in. We still, to this day, rent out. It's uh, in New Jersey. Nice. Um, so, and we've all, my wife and I actually bonded over real estate. That was kind of one of our first substantive <laughs> conversations, believe it or not. That's and, really cool. <laughs> but, you know, I abandoned all that because, like I said, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. Yeah. So, um, you know, fast forward to a couple years ago, uh, my daughter was born and I realized like I wasn't living to my full potential mm-hmm. and I was asking myself, what kind of example was I setting for her? Yeah. Was I going to show her the way you should live your life? You know, you want to be a leader. You want to be somebody that inspires people. You want to live life to the fullest. I wasn't doing any of that. I could tell her that all day long, yeah, yeah. but I wasn't showing that. And so I took a hard look at what I really wanted to do. And I had a construction background, so I knew that. And, you know, was certainly always wanted to be involved in fixing and flipping homes, Mm -hmm. but just never had the guts to do it. So finally... So so this was something that you actually wanted to do for a while? A long time. I mean, for years. And honestly, I have a a friend of my father's who was a house builder, um, and I was always amazed at, like, what he was doing. So anything in that realm really Mm -hmm. intrigued me. So I finally just made the decision that... You know, I was going to go for this. I wasn't sure if it was just going to be like a, you know, flip a couple houses a year, bring in some ancillary income, maybe transition to a job that was, you know, less hours, less of a commute. Um, but as it started to grow, I realized, like, I could do this <laughs> and make this a full-time job. Yeah. You know, um, certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way, but realized I'm good at this. Yeah, of course. You know, and uh, I can make this something that, you know, is, you know, a solution for the long term. Well, was it something though that I mean to go from you know being get basically an attorney then you know into the union then to you know what you're doing now was there something that just kind of like clicked where it was like one day you just woke up it's like okay I'm gonna start this entire business I'm gonna just dive right into it like would something click one day or you know what it was um, I'll never forget uh, it was the beginning of the year several years ago and my wife was sitting on the bath our bathroom floor our daughter was in daycare. And she was getting sick and sick and sick because, you know, we really didn't have a lot in the way of family members watching her. Mm-hmm. And we had to put her in daycare because of the schedule that, you know, we both worked. And um, I, I knew I just had to make a change between on a personal, professional level, not living to my full potential, not being around for my kids, not doing what I loved, even though I was making a good living. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of flippers out there, a lot of real estate professionals, and my hat goes off to them. But they started. They didn't. They started with nothing, no yeah. money. But yeah. they had time, which is a huge, huge advantage. Yeah. But they didn't have any money. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm some kind of rags to riches story. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not what I'm here to tell you. Yeah, I'm yeah. here to tell you that like I had a good life. I made a good living. Mm-hmm. You know, we drove nice cars. We we're members of the yacht club. Yeah, I mean, you, you wanted more though. I mean, that's that's. A, I wanted pretty, different. Yeah. I wanted different. I wanted more, but I wanted yeah. different. And I knew I had to make a change. Um, and so, and if I wasn't going to, how could I tell my kids to follow their passion if I wasn't following mine? That and that was, and so I, I made the decision and I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. I knew it was going to take some time, but I knew at some point or another, I was going to make a transition into doing this. Um, and um, so far it's worked out. So... A lot of people don't really realize, like, when they're getting their either like on our side of things, their real estate license, you're not really just like an agent. You're not just a salesperson. You're really, you know, if you're going to be successful, you're really starting your own business. On my side of things, and obviously on your side of things too. So, 
for me, you know, I had a marketing background. I, I went to school, college, everything, but I never really understood how to really run a business. So my first year was really tough because, hey, you got to worry about taxes. You got to worry about, you know, write-offs, all, all those different kinds of things and just stuff that is really, okay, listen, yeah, I'm getting three listings this month, but I don't really have to focus on getting those three listings. Now I got to focus on next month or the following month. So did you always have such like a an entrepreneurship knack like were you always like a businessman you know how did you yeah I always had the entrepreneurial spirit I actually made enough money my wife and I made enough money um as a down payment on our house um by renting out apartments in Harlem on the side you know wow. what I mean um and yeah we spent an entire summer uh the development company said you'll um you're not gonna be able to compete with these other big brokers and yeah, mm-hmm. like city habitats that like dominates the manhattan rental market yep. you'll never be able to compete with them um and we put our hands in it and we wound up renting dozens and dozens of apartments and those commissions you know we basically just put to the side and put a down payment on our house um but it was funny you know you abandon some of those things because you know you, you say well life sets in reality sets in and I was always going for the consistent paycheck mm-hmm. um, because that was what was taught. That was what was you know ingrained in me. I always had the entrepreneurial spirit, but the problem was is that you know the way the and not to get off track, but the way the educational system everything is sort of yeah, geared yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, I I think it's misleading a lot of people. Yeah. And um, I said that last week for sure. Yeah, and I think for me, I was brainwashed. The problem was I was said one of my biggest was downfall so to speak was I was good in school I was a good student <laughs> it wasn't the best yeah, but yeah. I was I was I was good good enough that people were like oh you know you really need to you know continue on with your education and I want to disappoint people yeah, and I think when course. it got to the point where you have to sometimes be a little selfish yeah and you have to say to yourself if I don't take care of myself first mm-hmm. and do what it is that I'm really passionate about and make myself a priority the people around me are going to suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was something similar with me too, getting into real estate. I mean, you know, you're not guaranteed any money. Mm-hmm. Eight out of 10 people, I'm pretty sure, fail out. So yeah. it's, you know, when I told my family, and thank God my, my mother is very supportive, my family is very supportive, but when I kind of just quit my, you know, decent job at 22, 23 years old and just got right into real estate, you know, people were definitely looking at me weird, like, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to make any money for yeah. six months. Like, you know, what do you think you're doing? But, you're but at smart. the same time, but, but it was also my passion too. So this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, granted, I could have done what I had been doing. I probably could have been very successful in that, made a good living, whatever the case is. But it just, I didn't want to wake up at 7.30 in the morning to drive here and, and do a podcast. I didn't want to talk about real estate. It's something that really, I wake up every morning. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. I love it. It's, it's a passion, exactly. Um, so I guess what I, another question I have for you is, so now that you've built this entire business, you've done everything, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what it is that you do now with the Suffolk County house buyers, the different strategies that you use mm-hmm. i guess not not to give away your secrets but i mean no no th- there's different things that you do which is very unique yeah, so, I mean, and the goal obviously now working with you and getting to know you the, the number one goal is just helping people it's absolutely that's, helping that's people and, and it's about from knowing you I, I listen i know a ton of investors i know a ton of people that are flipping houses my father just started flipping most people that are in this business are just in it to make a quick buck or to make a boatload of money it does not matter about what is happening to the people whose homes these are but for you, and I can genuinely say this from getting to know you, it's all about helping people. And, and it's a win-win for everybody. So it's it not is. just a win for sure. you and a lose for somebody else. It's a win-win for everybody. So can you tell everyone, I guess, what a little bit about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started in the investment business, um, you know, you could basically throw a rock and find you know, a distressed house, REO, that you can make money on. Um, I noticed uh, end of 16, early 17, it was really drying up. 
Um, everybody was bidding crazy amounts of money. I was saying to myself, are they like stealing the supplies at Home Depot? <laughs> like, are they seeing something I'm not seeing? I, I couldn't understand it. Yeah. Um, and we got spoiled here because there was such uh, a plethora of, you know, distressed homes, foreclosures, the whole bit. Um, I started looking at what other people are doing in other markets um, where, you know, the foreclosure pipeline isn't as backed up as it is here. And a lot of that stuff from 2006, 7, 8 has already been cleared out. Yeah. It's still going on here. Mm -hmm. So I decided uh, I needed to s do something different. I needed to veer off. And as I, I was, I had a mentor and he was a great, he's out in Colorado, but he was, he's a great, and still to this day, buys a lot of stuff off the MLS. I don't know how he does it, but, <laughs> uh, but anyway, he, um, and not to say there are opportunities, they exist, yeah. but they're, but they're rare, Few and far but between. he does it all the time. So anyway, um, he was like, you know, I'm starting to do some direct mailing. I'm using this guy. I think it's, you know, maybe something you want to do. And I kind of said to myself, like, nobody wants to, if you own the house, nobody wants to sell it at discount. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I was talking to the guy who handled my mailing. He said, you'd be surprised at what people will do, you know, for a very, for a quick sale with no hassle. Easy if you, sale. If, you, if easy sale, if you do what's right for them and you make their lives easier, you'd be surprised. I said, okay. So I started mailing to people and uh, I was going on appointments and, uh, I guess I realized I had a knack for, you know, just taking the time, listening to people and having the empathy to understand that, like, this house that they were dealing with, for one reason or another, was giving them an issue. Mm -hmm. um, and I've realized that people have a great fear of the unknown. Um, and they also, especially when it comes to the sale of their home, they get intimidated by the whole process. Absolutely. And um, a great realtor can help with that. I'm not disputing any of that. Mm -hmm. But some of them are just, they've been down that road so many times, they don't want to do it. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of the people that are that are calling you too, that are reaching out, you know, one thing or another, it's it's usually, or most times, it's, it's some sort of distress situation where, listen, shit happens in life. You know, whether you're maybe a little bit upside down or you can't afford your home anymore or divorce or whatever the case, probate, whatever they're reaching out to you for, it's because there's an underlying issue with them and with the house. Yes. And, and it's okay to reach out to somebody like you because, again, you do make it a comfortable sale. You make it quick, easy, cash. You know, it's it's stress-free. It, it is stress-free. Um, I've spent a lot of time the last year and a half now understanding the psychology behind somebody who wants to sell like I said, it was something I didn't really understand, and now I do. So what I, I've come to understand is that there's some kind of pain point that this house is causing them that inspires them, pushes them to call me. Um, and, that's, I, and that's calling you instead of calling these other brokerages, yeah, other investors. Yeah, and my question always is, there's you know <clears throat> dozens of brokers, hundreds of brokerages all over Long Island. Mm -hmm. Why did you call me? You know, and you know sometimes they're reluctant to give that reason. As you start to dive deeper and deeper and deeper, you have to listen. You have to spend the time. It's not one of those things where you can go on these appointments, run in, here's my here's my offer, and run out. Oh, you know what I mean? You have to spend the time understanding why they're going to you. Well, and they're also so not even just going with you, but they're also taking a discounted price on the market value. They are, and I and I tell them. I said, if you understand that you will not get the most money from me, mm -hmm. you will get the easiest sale, you'll yeah. get a fast sale, I will do everything I can to make this, you know, as smooth of a process as possible, but if you're not comfortable with taking a discount, if you want full market value, I'm not your guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they understand that, but a lot of them have enough equity that even with the discount, they're walking away with enough money to do whatever, whatever it is they want to yeah. do. They're at a stage in their life 
and it may not be because of age. It mm-hmm. just may be just whatever period in life they just need things easy, and yeah. and that's what we do. And I, I make that you know a per a, a goal. Anyone on my team, anyone associated with me, the goal is to do anything we can to make the process as smooth and as easy as possible. I had a closing yesterday where the just the closing took a little bit longer than it normally does. Usually we're in and out in like a half hour. Mm-hmm. That's a little longer. And I actually pulled the seller aside and said, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said, you know, it took an hour. It should have been a half hour. Um, and he was totally fine with it. But again, you know, every little detail, you know, as far as the whole process, I want to make easy. As well, possible. of course, because then they're going to go back and review you and they're going to go on Google and they're going to say that they had a good experience. And that's what really drives your business. <clears throat> what I also found was really interesting is when I first met you, you told me that you were in the marketing business. So you're not necessarily in the flipping business. You're yeah. more in the marketing business. And I think that is such an inter- interesting like way to, way to view what you do. So can you touch on that a little bit? Just yeah, like, I mean, you know, and it's funny because I, I think you're also in the marketing business. Oh, you know what I mean? So I think most businesses are in the marketing business. It's just what is it that you're selling? But really, at the end of the day, you know, my business is predicated on reaching as many sellers as I possibly can. And I always say, listen, we'll come out. We'll come where our goal is to educate you, mm-hmm. give you more info. If it works and it makes sense, great. If it doesn't, that's completely fine too. You have to be able to let them know you that it's okay to say no. no you know, and we're happy to provide you free information. And if you learn something from it, awesome. Yeah. Um, and if you decide to move forward with us, that's great. But you know what? If you don't, that's fine too. I also agree. We are definitely on our side of things. We are absolutely in the marketing business, whether it's marketing properties mainly marketing ourselves. So for me, you know, for people to call me to list their house, to represent them as a buyer, it's because I'm doing a good job marketing myself, whether it's Zillow, Facebook, whether they see my signage on the side of the road, that's really what people, it's gonna drive people to use me. Also, the marketing side of things with selling all these houses that we're doing, all the listings, our marketing strategies, we're, we're younger in a generation where, you know, this business is, is predominantly older. I think the average age of an agent is like 57, 58 years old. So we're very tech savvy, you know, we know social media, we know Zillow, we know how to market to people that are looking online. The days of people going and finding listings in the paper and the penny saver, those days are way over. Everyone now is finding stuff on Zillow, on Trulia, Facebook, all these different Instagram, all these different social medias is where people are finding their houses now. So when you said that you're in the marketing business and not necessarily in the, in the flipping business, I, I live by that now. You're 100% right. Yeah. It's a marketing business. So why don't you tell us, I, I asked Andrew Russell, who was our guest last week on I'm always interested to find out people's daily schedules. Okay. It's something that I'm working on, you know, trying to get up at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. trying to do, whether it's meditation, cold calling, whatever the case, everyone has their something different mm-hmm. that works for them. What does your daily schedule look like? Well, one of the things I try to live by is uh, I try to win the first two hours of the day and win the last two hours of the day. And I didn't come up with that on my own, by the way. You should have taken credit for that. But, um, and I honestly... I think your mornings are predicated on how well your nights are. So I have three small children. Mm -hmm. Um, They all go to bed at different times. They all wake up at different times. So Mm -hmm. typically my middle son... He's in like a he's on sleep strike now, but he's not going to bed until like <laughs> so. So are you? <laughs> it, it, it's tough, and he's not going to bed until 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So ten o'clock now is the time that yeah. you know I sit down. Um, I go over the day to, for tomorrow. Um, I try to relax. I try to read. I prep everything. So um, yeah, a lot of it starts with the evening. Um, then you know as far as the mornings are concerned. You know, like, again, going back to nights, I try to, before I go to bed, 
go to bed with a positive attitude, say, you know what? Um, and there's been studies on this. You know, if you go to bed and you're like, oh, I got to wake up early tomorrow. Mm. I'm going to be tired. You're going to wake up feeling tired. Yeah. If you go to bed saying, you know what? I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to feel refreshed. I have, I'm going to get five hours of sleep. That's plenty of time. Yeah. Um, and this all comes from the book, The Miracle Morning, which I suggest people read. Um, but, Miracle Morning. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you prep your mind the night before, mm-hmm. you'll wake up a lot better. So that's the, something that I do. Um, my mornings are a little hectic because the kids get up and, you know, all hell breaks loose. Um, so <laughs> I try to give myself at least a half hour in the morning, got to get my bearings, get myself scheduled. But I really, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I really use the nights to kind of set the stage for the next day. Okay. So what separates you? So, I mean, I, I know why people sell to you, why they choose to sell to you. Obviously, it's a quick, easy, it's painless. You know, your main goal is to help people. But why do you think that, or, or what separates you from these other companies? Is it that fact that you really are there to help? And I think so. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, I like to think I'm a relatable person. Um, and, and listen, I did not invent this. You know, plenty of people in Long Island are marketing as well. I mean, most people are trying to still buy the foreclosures and the bank home. But yeah, there's true. plenty of people out there marketing. And I wasn't the first, and I certainly won't be the last. Um <laughs> As far as the people who come to me, you know, I have a big Google presence. If you Google, you know, sell my house fast, Long Island, um, you, I usually pop up on one of the first people that pops up on Google organically. Mm-hmm. So, and we have a bunch of five-star reviews um, because we, we do go out of our way. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, what separates me from other people is just the willingness to, to listen to their story. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think... A lot of people, it's okay to be all business. I'm all business in a lot of ways too. But when it comes to dealing with sellers, because this house is probably, you know, their largest asset. Yeah, of course. You've got to spend a lot of time listening and understanding and really then being able to make your offer and how you structure it based on what they're they're telling you. Yeah. And when you feel, and I, and I think when people realize that you understand them, they mm. feel more comfortable with you. And, and that allows you them to, uh, you know, move forward with you. Because there are people, you've seen this, yeah. that, you know, I buy from that they had higher offers on the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Plenty of examples, actually. But at the end of the day, they're happy, you know, with the way I've handled the situation. And I think when they're selling a home off market, mm-hmm. they need to be super, super comfortable with it. Oh, them, absolutely. You know? Because, I mean, that's a huge risk. And, yeah. again, it's the unknown. Um, I thought it was really interesting what Andrew Russell said last week. He used... He was, um, I guess he has master's in psychology, so he was a guidance counselor. So he uses that that counselor mentality with all of his clients to kind of handhold them and walk them through. And it's something that's similar on our side of things. The reason that we have a lot of success is because, A, we're always available. So when somebody texts me, calls me, unless I'm doing this, you're getting an answer right away. You know, you're not waiting a day or two to hear back. When some of these agents, you know, not to talk down on anybody, but... You know, you try and set up a showing or you have an, a question for somebody, you don't hear back for three days. It's, yeah, it's I know. It's insane. insane. I, I never understood that. I <laughs> it's never. something that I will never understand. So it's something that I think has gotten me to be, you know, the success that I have today is because I, I, I'm the same way as Andrew, same way as you. I'm not afraid to hold somebody's hand. I can, you know, explain the entire process. I have people that text me from my hometown that they're not even interested in selling or they're whatever. They just ask me questions and I answer right away. And it's just the way that you have to be. So to really hold somebody's hand throughout the entire process it goes such a long way, and that's how you get the referrals. That's how you get the good reviews on Google and whatever you know your your Zillow's, your 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 Facebook. It's how you get your good reviews, and a lot of the times, a lot of these appointments that I go on for you, people look you up beforehand. You know, they look at your your Google reviews, they look at everything. So we go into these appointments knowing, like, or, or I'm sorry, I should say that the the clients know. All right, maybe I am in good hands, and I can trust these people because they're not just 
shysters here to you know buy my house and make a million dollars off yeah. of it. So another question I have for you, and I find this interesting because we, we often do talk about this, is work-life balance. So when I first met you and we were doing that deal, um, we were always kind of talking about, like I think I was in the city one weekend, you were talking about getting away. It's really tough in this business, and if you're not in this business, you don't understand. You are constantly on call, whether it's 10 p.m., 6 o'clock in the morning, you are constantly yeah. on call. So if you're somebody that's waking up at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., you're not going to be as successful as a person that's up at 6, 7, yeah. already on their phone. Same thing if, if you're someone that puts your phone away at 7 o'clock at night. I, most of my calls happen at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I had calls through 11 o'clock last night. When, when I first get home, when I finally go sit down and have dinner is when all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up. Yeah. Because everyone's home from work and they, they want to talk. Course. So a big thing for me is work-life balance. It's something that I've been working on ever since we did that deal together and we were talking about it. I definitely have that workaholic gene. Pretty sure my parents got divorced, I'm sure, among other things, but because my father was a super workaholic. Like, yeah. This guy, to this day, is putting in 80, 90 hours a week. He's, he's sick. But I think I have that gene or you know his mentality where I don't know anything other than work. My job before this, I just put up a picture on, on my social media. I think I had 97 hours one week. <laughs> 97 hours of working. I was literally sleeping at this place, but... I didn't think of anything. Was that over five days or seven? Days? It was seven. Okay. <laughs> it was seven days, but it was you know I, I enjoyed doing it. I loved doing it. So it really I shouldn't say I love doing it, but I just loved working. You know, it's all I know. So how how is your work life balance? Is it something you need to work on? I mean, having three children and a wife is a lot different than the situation that I'm in. So yeah, I mean that's something that I'm continually working on. Um, but by the same token, I also have to understand that you know. I have to put in work now on the front end to build the systems, um, the structure, mm -hmm. to be able to take a, ba a step back absolutely, uh, and have not that stuff run on autopilot per se, mm -hmm. but be able to step away. Um, so, you know, you have some people on my team that we have, they yeah. really take a lot off my plate. So that's a big thing. Shout out to Connie. Yeah. Connie, no, Connie, she, she is, <laughs> Connie she, is an absolute all-star. So if you're listening to this, Connie, we love you. <laughs> yeah, she does a great job. She takes so much off my plate. Um, and, and that's a huge, huge help. Mm -hmm. um, and I tell people, this is something that mentors have told me, um, and I want to pass that on. As soon as you can, get somebody, an assistant to help you. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how many little things you do on a daily basis that get you sidetracked. Absolutely. So the more I can give to her and she can handle that, the more I can stay focused on bigger chunks of things, mm -hmm. which then allow me to block my time accordingly to then give the time necessary to my children when yeah, you know that time comes. Um, the most difficult thing, though, is really to find good help. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in the market for an assistant or an executive assistant, whatever. Just somebody to really be there for showings and everything like that. So Connie is a virtual assistant, essentially. So she lives in Texas. For those obviously that don't know, which is probably gonna be nobody. So she lives in Texas, but she handles all of your, you know, the day to days, the appointment setting, everything like that. But for you to find help like that, I mean, that's an absolute home run. You know, you you can't just walk on the side of the road and find somebody like Connie. No, you can't. Um, and I was fortunate. You know, I interviewed a few people, and you know, I found her, and uh, I I truly feel blessed to have her. Um, and but you know, by the same token. You have to make sure that the people that, you know, are doing right by you, you have to appreciate them. Oh, you know course. what I mean? Um, and so, you know, I, I let her know that as often as I can that she's doing a great job and mm -hmm. help her. And I don't, she doesn't work for me. I work for her. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. how, that's the mentality I yeah, take. Of whether it's you, whether it's Zach, whoever it is, mm -hmm. I work for them. Yeah. You know, so it's my goal to always be the best that I can and provide as many resources to make everybody's life as easy as possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's a big uh, 
that's a big principle that I live by. Um, but you know, going back to the work-life balance stuff, I really, um, I really try to make that a staple of my life. Mm. But I'm gonna be the first to tell you, I fail at it a lot. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know what I mean? I think for everyone, it's kind of a work in progress, especially yeah. in this business. My mentality is, you know, again, I love to work. The only thing that I don't like is, you know, it's it's not where, you know, we have like a Tuesday, Thursday off every week where it's a nine to five. You're really on call seven days a week. So even if you want to take a couple hours, you want to go into the city, you want to go to the beach, you want to do whatever, your phone is still, you know, going off. And you have to be there to answer these questions. So it's something that I think drives my girlfriend absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. It's tough though, because we really, you have to be there. And, and for me to take a step back and not mm-hmm. do those things, it's kind of like taking away what has made me successful so far. So... I think the work-life balance is definitely something that's a work in progress for everyone in this business. Um, so as we're starting to kind of wrap this up, one of the questions I have for you is, so do you have like goals that you set for, like for the number of homes that you want to do each year? No, I don't have a goal. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Um, I, I think... Is there a target that you want to reach? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I, I'd like to be north of 20 homes every year. You know what I mean? Um, but at the end of the day... Um, I have to, I, I can't look at it as in terms of the amount of homes. I, mm-hmm. I have to sort of, I, I used to think that way. I have to kind of go backwards and say, how do I reach the most people that I could help? Yeah. Um, how do I find the right people who need my services? And then provide them, That's a really good way to think yeah, about it. then provide them the best service that I could provide. Yeah. And then from there, wherever the numbers are, they are. And whatever works, double down on that. Yep. And the stuff that doesn't work, put that to the side. So, you know, I've tried different marketing techniques. I'm like, you know what, I'm not crazy about that. I'll yeah. put that to the side. This marketing technique works, works great. Let's double down on that. And I think the more people you could reach, mm. then, you know, the better off you are. And, and to me, it's, it's, I try to build as many relationships as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to be on social media. I'm not as good as other people. I, I, <laughs> I just, I don't, I need to be better with it. Yeah. Um, but I do try to get myself out there as often as I can. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, you know, I, I want to reach as many people as I can because I, I tell you when you have a seller come back to you and say, like, I still can't believe how easy this was. Thank you so much. Like, you realize, okay, you know what? There is a purpose to what I'm doing. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? 100%. My, my goal for the year, I mean, I'm kind of goal-driven, so I like to just have that number just so, you know, last month, for the year, my number was 36. So I wanted to do three, three a year. I thought that was definitely attainable. I'm at, I think, 29 or 30 okay. after this week. Okay. So now, you know, I put eight homes under contract last month, so I, I exceeded my monthly goal. Okay. There is such a big part of me that wants to go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go take this month off and go to Greece. No, yeah, <laughs> but, but now it's my goal has changed from 36 to now I'm making it, you know, 60. Yeah. So now I want to reach that 60 number. And same thing with you. It's for me, it's a number, but at the same time, it's it's helping people whether they're going down south, whether it's a first time home buyer, where it's somebody that doesn't know necessarily what they're doing. They've been ripped off by another agent before in the past. For me, that's what really is like the exciting part. It's not really, you know, the wins every single day. It's really the wins for these families. I have a deal right now that hopefully, you know, cross my fingers, not going to knock on the table before Mike kills me, but hopefully it goes on a contract today. I've saved this deal about eight times. Like, it is actually remarkable how many times that this deal is, oh, it's dead, and then the next day it's, okay, we're back on from just, you know, fighting and fighting. So that's the best feeling. It really is. Um, so what um, – you said you had a mentor. What do you – like, what do you credit a lot of your success for? Or, or what is your, your why? Why do you love doing this? Is it helping people? It is helping people, um, but it's about doing something that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. So my biggest thing is when I die, I want my kids, um, and not to say there's anything wrong with the WWJD bracelets, like (laughs) what would Jesus do, but my why is 
when I die, I want my life to serve as a template to say when my kids have a crossroad, they have some kind of situation where they're faced with a question, they say, what would dad do? That to me, you know, if I live my life, if I live my life with passion, if Mm -hmm. I'm successful in business, I've done all the things when they get to that point in their life and they're, I'm not there anymore, Mm -hmm. that my life has served as sort of like a guiding post of how they should make decisions. So, and I knew I wasn't doing that and I feel like I'm doing that now. That's you know awesome. what I mean? So that's 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 really if you get down to like the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. you know that's that's what it's, it's really all about. You know, which is why like I'm so passionate about what I do yeah. because I'm trying to be the best version of myself that I could be. And you're setting an example for and when setting your kids, an example exactly. And I, I, your kids definitely are gonna you know whether they're too young now they'll definitely take notice of it. Um, so your wife, you know, we briefly touched on it. You met your wife in, in law mm-hmm. school. She is a real estate attorney. She's one of the best on the island. We have just recently kind of since meeting up with you now and partnering with her as well. Um, can you give us a little bit of background on her and, and why what makes her so successful? Well, what makes her successful, I mean, she's super, super smart. Um, she was a better attorney than I could ever be. That's why I don't do my old closing. She does them. Um, she's a lot smarter than I am. Um, she's extremely patient. Um, she's extremely kind. Um, and, you know, what's nice is she's, she's, try, she's the best, but she's not trying to be the biggest. So some people try to be the biggest, and I think that comes at the expense of being the best. Yeah, you lose service. You when lose you service. Yeah. With her, she, the service is first and foremost. So she's not going to take on tons and tons of clients. She's only mm-hmm. going to take on enough clients that she can give them the level of service that they're accustomed to. And then anything beyond that, you know, she's going to simply say, I'm too busy. No, of course. So you're gonna, if you're one of the people that's lucky in my, enough, in my opinion, to have her as an attorney, mm-hmm. um, you understand that she doesn't take everybody. Yeah. Uh, and that gives her the chance to, you know, provide exceptional service to those people that she is working with. And she's always available too, which Absolutely. makes a big, big difference. Yeah. My my biggest pet peeve um, is when you know I have a client of mine that doesn't listen to my advice. They use their own attorney. It's a divorce attorney. It's a friend's family member. And I actually last month was probably the worst I had with that, where I had maybe like four or five people using their own attorneys. And it is by far my biggest pet peeve in this entire business is when somebody uses their own attorney, that's not somebody that we recommend. You know, I wouldn't go into a doctor's office or a dentist's office and tell them which kind of Novocaine to use. So when people try and tell me that they know better in the attorney and then the deal starts to unravel, it's like, I don't wanna say I told you so because I can't, because I want the deal to go through, but it's just such a frustrating thing. So, you know, using your wife has definitely been an added bonus to our business. Um, And if you're listening to this, do not use your own attorney. Use Jeremiah's wife. I like that. <laughs> um, all right, so lastly, last question for you. Do you have any advice? I'm sure there's going to be a ton of people that are probably looking to get into the investing side of things, mm-hmm. the, the flipping business. We've kept your secrets and a lot of your techniques kind of you know, close to the chest because I don't want you to give away everything that you do. I think the stuff that you do is remarkable. It is so interesting, but let people figure that out on their own. But do you have any advice for somebody that's looking to get into the business? Yeah, get started like the secret to getting started is getting started because i see so many people they're professional event goers yeah like all they do is they go to this event this seminar that thing and then there's nothing wrong with that and you should do that in the beginning to give yourself a base but Mm -hmm. i didn't i spent when i decided i was gonna you know start this i spent the first six months trying to just learn and teach myself just do a deal yeah. Just do a deal. Now, it's easier said than done because oh, deals are so hard to find here in Long Island. But you know yeah. what, though? Go around. There's plenty of dilapidated houses all over Long Island. Yeah. Go, go drive. You can drive around for a month. You could do probably 200 houses a day, 250 houses a day. You could go around, write down all the addresses, Google a skip trace company, 
get their phone numbers, cold call a thousand houses. Not a guarantee, yeah. But chances are, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be able to get something out of it. You know oh, what I mean? And absolutely. if you don't have any money, you can always wholesale the deal. I prefer if you wholesale it to me, but if, <laughs> but if you don't, that's okay. Um, and you can always wholesale the deal. I mean, that's the beauty about this business. And and what does that really? What did that cost you? You know what I mean? Doesn't yeah. cost much to skip trades time. and gas. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you're willing to put the work in, do one deal. I know that you know. For me, once I did that deal, you know, I was at I was here. Then I was at here, and then obviously it's only growing. The more deals I do, mm. you know, the more experience I get, the more knowledgeable I get, and that's the thing. I'm always trying to do more and more and more, not necessarily to always make money because some of the times I do deals where on paper it's not the greatest in profits. Yeah. But you know what? The more I put myself into the ringer, the better I'm going to get. Absolutely, and it's definitely not it's definitely not an easy business to get into. And and you're somebody that constantly, I mean, I'm the same way. Constantly is educating yourself, so you're constantly watching videos, you're going to trainings, you're going out of town to go to these events, seminars, you know, you're somebody that is constantly learning. In this business and in any other business too, you should be constantly learning about what it is that you do or to, to better, you know, to better service people. You, you need to be an expert. Yes. You know, by, by no means am I an expert. I learn something new every single day and I'm, I'll admit that till I die, but I'm constantly, I, I want to learn more. You know, I want to educate myself and I'm willing to learn. I soak what everybody tells me up like a sponge. Anytime I talk to you, Soak everything up that you say like a sponge, and then I use it in my own. I, t I turn it into something that's my own, and I convey it to people that I work with, people that I talk to. So you know, I think that's definitely one of the, the keys to your success too, is you're constantly educating yourself. But I'm implementing. That's yeah, of course, the key, yes. you know, is, is that yeah. I'm learning, but then I'm doing. Yep. You know what I mean? And too many people learn and they read, but they don't do. Yeah. And I'd rather you do and do wrong, but mm -hmm. learn, than sit on the sidelines and just write it all down. Absolutely. You know? So as we wrap this up, um, where can people find you, find what you're doing, your Instagram, Facebook maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, you find me on Facebook. You know, I'm Jeremiah Dalton. There's not that many of us on Facebook, <laughs> so you can find me there. Um, happy to connect with you on Facebook. Uh, my uh, Instagram handle is uh, The Flip Fanatic. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my company is Suffolk County House Buyers. You can follow us on Facebook there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's basically it. But if I'm always accessible. So I've had people message me on Instagram. How do I get started? It's the same stuff that I just suggested. Yeah. I suggest to them because uh, you know I, I always say you know the key to getting started is, is just just started. doing it. Yeah. Just do do a deal. Yeah. You will never learn more than you will by doing that first deal. Absolutely. All right. So that's it. Thanks again for coming. Thanks for listening. Definitely check out episode one with Andrew Russell. And I uh, appreciate all the support. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you so much for having me.